Hello everyone and thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. My name is Rachel. And I am Tiana and this is The Neighborhood Podcast, spelled N-B-H-D. Each week, Tiana and I will be interviewing local small businesses to give our listeners a glimpse into the people behind the business. Our podcast will give you a whole new perspective into the world of small businesses so that you know where to go to support local. Hi everyone and thank you so much for joining us today for our very first official episode. Today is April 19th and today we are joined by small business owner Ellie Quadrado who most of you may know as a co-founder of Filthy Frift. So thank you so much Ellie for being here with us today. Hello! Congratulations on the first episode tonight, so thank you for having me on. Oh, our pleasure. So for the viewers that don't know, Ellie and I are close friends, and we have been for quite a while, so she was the perfect first guest to kind of get the ball rolling. So we're going to get things going today and kind of start off with who you are and then work our way into talking about the business. All right, Ellie, I know that you and Rachel are absolute besties, but I'm still getting to know you for the first time, as are all of our viewers. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, a bit about me. Uh, I just recently graduated Carlton last April, um, and uh, obviously my passions are definitely in thrifting, vintage, fashion, uh, music, and definitely friends. Um and a little bit about myself, obviously you can tell I have a bit of an accent. Um, I'm an immigrant, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> um, we yeah, love so my family brought yeah, <laughs> my family brought me over when I was pretty young, so I have lived here the majority of my life, but um, it still lingers around. Perfect. So for someone who has yet to hear about your brand, Filthy Thrift, how would you describe the business? Um, I would definitely describe it as somewhere that uh, everyone's welcome, size, gender, to come and find really unique pieces that could bring back nostalgia, that could, like, uh, just a piece, you can find a piece for everybody. I'm a vintage clothes reseller. Amazing. So just to clarify for some of our listeners, do you have, like, a store or is it all done online through social media? So it's all done online. Uh, majority is done on Instagram, actually, which is kind of a strange platform when I originally started this up to uh, sell things on. But recently, as everyone's Instagram app is updated, there's now a little tab specifically for shopping. Um, so I think Instagram's cottoning on as well, but there's uh, a market to be had. So yeah, I do majority on Instagram. And is this business just you? Like, do you spend your days going thrift shopping and then reselling? Like, is that essentially how um, the business works? So I do have a partner. Um, so Danielle, who also, funnily enough, lived with uh, Rachel and I, we uh, started it together. Um, so we sort of split it up and do similar jobs. So I go out, do the hunting, and she does as well. Uh, we source everything, uh, take pictures of everything, uh, and put it up online together. So we've been recently been working more together on um, because we both have different body types. So if I find something that's her size and she finds something that's my size, we both help each other out that way. All right. So um, we know that you started this business while you were at Carlton. Um, so how did you get the idea to start this business and kind of having a business that was specifically to do with thrifting and sustainability? 
Um, when as a 20 year old, I was spending majority of my free time on Instagram <laughs> and uh, just following like YouTubers, social media stars, people, you know, influencers. Um, and I would I would literally spend so much time like if I saw like one item that they were wearing, like hunting down this one item, like oh I wonder where they got it or I wonder where it's from. Um, and I followed a lot of pages like such and such a buddy's wardrobe and um i sort of got this idea that i would like to just have an instagram where i could see like a inspiration for an outfit but then i could also purchase the item or like i could see a trend and then i could also you know buy the item um and i pitched it to my roommates and there was five of us and they were like you know what that's that's actually a pretty good idea so we just kind of started it i also um started thrifting quite a bit more that year and I of course had four girls living with me so I knew that if I just I just couldn't I have this problem of not being able to leave things at the thrift when I find them so I'll just bring them home and I knew one of the girls would like it so I started to grow quite a collection of clothes and then I had this idea and we were like well let's marry them (laughs) <laughs> okay well that 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 leads me into a very important question I have to ask you because I've always been curious about this as someone that runs a small business that resells like thrifted clothing do you ever find something amazing and keep it for yourself <laughs> um absolutely constantly <laughs> yeah. uh, I've gotten really good at like I'm really good at throwing like not throwing but giving things up so if I find something that I can't live without, I will always go into my closet and find a piece that you know, has had her time. She lived her life and she's got to go make room for the new piece. So I do like, I have a good um, swapping out system. Yeah. And you're pretty good. I mean, I'm waiting on a package from you right now, a bunch of thrifted stuff. So thank you. Um, yeah, <laughs> super excited. For Whatever that. I find. <laughs> I just have to say that I, so I, I'm, I'm the total opposite. I will hold on to my clothes. Same. For dear life, because even if I'm going to wear a bad shirt like once a year, I'm, yeah. if I'm going to wear it, I'm going to keep it. And that's why my closet is overflowing. There are shirts I haven't worn. I know worn. a lot of my friends like that. <laughs> yeah, there's shirts I haven't worn in like a year. And I'm like, you know what? I might wear that. Like, I'm not going to wear yeah. it, but I might. And so. that's what happens every time I go thrifting. I'm like, I might wear this. I might be able to turn this into an outfit. I don't know, but I'm going to try. And that's what I think a lot of the fun of thrifting is. But see, when I go thrift shopping, I don't look for anything in particular. But Ellie, what you just described to us is that you see fashion ideas and you go looking for particular items. When you go looking for these items, like thrifting, you never know what you're going to find. So when you have an idea on your mind, how do you know where to find it? Like where where do you look for these kinds of items? Um, I honestly somewhat believe in thrift manifestation. Any thrifters out there that are listening right now, write a list of things that you want to find, and I promise you it will happen. There's been, like, a couple of times where I will wait out on a, on an item. Like, I wanted a pair of white Air Forces last summer, and I was like, no, nah, I refuse. I absolutely refuse to pay full price. I know I'll find them in the thrift. And then, long behold, I waited. I waited by months. It was two months, but mm-hmm. I came across a brand-new pair. Like, I just always find what I am looking for, but... Um, I would definitely say there are some, not uh, not secrets, but like there are definitely places to look. So like I specifically love the men's section. I, I only love in the men's section because I find that men buy fewer items in further wardrobe a year, but they are majority nicer quality, whereas um, I find that ladies will buy more fast fashion and, 
and you know trends and things like that whereas men will buy nice quality things that will last them four or five years um so i definitely have better luck as quality wise and vintage wise in the men's section um yeah but there's definitely little little tips and tricks like the kids section has some good things sometimes you know sometimes the people at value village misprice it mistag it it goes somewhere else i'll find things everywhere i've made my, the jeans that I make with the chains, I make them out of dog collars sometimes. You go to the pet section. Wow. Like, ah, you, you, gotta, you really got to think outside of the book. So just search the whole store. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of men's clothing, I mean, I guess it, it depends on who you are, but I can speak for myself. Like, I wear men's clothing. I love men's clothing. I think it fits me better. I mean, I'm six feet tall, so pants for women don't normally fit me, but the male style just tends to be, I think, cooler. So... That leads me into a question, like, would you say that your, um, like, the people who purchase from you, do you think it's mostly men, mostly women, or a good mix of both? When we started, it was definitely a majority women, because there was five, um, my, all of my roommates banded together and, and helped us out and pushed the page to their friends, so a majority of, like, mutual friends were following us, off, so it was majority women. Um, but I'm hoping and I am broadening the spectrum. More men are definitely buying off us more recently as I've been getting a lot of like sportswear in, um, vintage, yeah, vintage sportswear. I go, they, the guys love it. So definitely is broadening the horizons, but I would say it's probably 60 to 70% female. I'm trying my, I'm trying my hardest. A lot of men do get uh, put off sometimes because they come to the page and they see that women are modeling it and they think it's women's clothes. When in actuality, I honestly, I hardly ever purchase women's clothes. It's all men's. It's, it's, you know, pushing, pushing the boundaries. Women, you know, clothes don't really have a specific gender, do they? So. Yeah, of course. Um, but then speaking on the topic of gender, just while we're there, so you're a woman, I'm assuming you identify as a woman, running a business in what seems like a primarily male-dominated thrifting industry. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that has been like? It's definitely uh, different. I, I'm, uh, Danielle and I are honestly probably, you know, out of all the people that we've met, the only page that is totally run by ladies, um, which is definitely empowering. Uh, but it also does not eat out of it sometimes. You know, you feel like you can't hang with the guys or sometimes definitely get a little bit undermined with my knowledge on certain items, especially now that I'm thrifting uh, more high-end vintage. Um, dating pieces and knowing their worth is definitely something that I've had to uh, grown to stand my ground and, and know that my knowledge is is just the same as a male's or furthermore. When you say uh, stand your ground, do you mean like you will find a vintage piece from a designer brand and you'll price it at a certain amount and people try to talk you down out of that price? I definitely do get some hagglers, which I mean, there's no fault in the game. I mean, I understand it. Everybody, you know, wants a deal, but um, there's a lot of a lot of hard work and and I love that going goes into like finding these pieces and especially when it comes to rarity like for some people you you literally can't put a price on on items you can it's it's priceless because they grew up with it or they're, they're it reminds them of their parents or there are some pieces that are genuinely priceless so 
it is hard to price, but I've, I've done it enough now that I, I know when something's rare and know when I come across something that, that you don't come across every day. And so I definitely have to stick to my guns and say, you know, know that that is, that is the price I'm asking. Yeah, and so I mean, it's been hard for me. Especially because a lot of the pieces that you sell are so unique, right? Like, if you don't get it from you, you're probably never going to get it again, or your chances of getting yeah. it again are so minimal. So, um, definitely. So, you would think um, that, like, being a female in this industry, it makes a difference in how people approach you, is kind of what you're saying. It doesn't, yeah, definitely in their tone. And, um, yeah, I, I don't want to say they, like, undermine my my opinion but sometimes sometimes it definitely feels like that for sure and then I recognize that um like you've talked about a couple different challenges between like the the effort you have to put in between shopping and pricing because when you are running a business such as this the price doesn't just reflect the clothes it will reflect any labor like it also Mm -hmm. reflects the time and energy that you put into Mm -hmm. shopping and marketing yeah like it takes a lot of time and then you've also talked a little bit about like the gender related issues that may be involved in just being a woman running a small business is there any other particular challenges that really stand out to you being a small business owner um i definitely would say that i've noticed since i've been doing this that like you really are you are the whole shebang like you there's nobody doing your little odds and ends you know that you are it you are the sourcer you are the photographer <laughs> you are your accountant you are like the person that has to get up every morning you know there's no there's nobody getting you in trouble if you don't it's all on you so it's um a lot of responsibility like major responsibility but um it definitely like you're working for yourself so it's really em- empowering you know what i mean like it mm-hmm. it does you know you sound really proud of yourself, and I think that's 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 Great, really yeah. important. Yeah, you sound. We could. It is, it's taken me a bit to get here, but I, I definitely I do see the the value of what I've, I've built now. You know, especially social media now. It's not just like a, a small business. Like people can also come to the page to look for fashion trends and like outfit inspiration. Like it is a brand that we are trying to build. So I definitely think I am definitely definitely proud of myself. Listen, I when I met you two years ago, I saw Filthy um, in obviously an earlier stage. And to see how far you've come over the last two years, like when I think of a hardworking business person, like you're the person I think of because you do this on your own. I mean, you do it and you and Danielle um, put so much work into this and you've come so far. And like this is just such a small portion of like what you're capable of. Um, and obviously, like we've went into COVID and I've seen like how your business has um been working through a pandemic so in terms of covid how do you think that's affected filthy and like the work that you've done and maybe do you get more business less business like what effect has that had on your brand uh it's definitely funny to know because i there's a trend for when i notice my sales skyrocket and it has been in direct correlation with the lockdowns it's i sort of i don't want to say covid's a blessing because i'm sure there are you know a, a lot of people that are struggling right now and a lot of small business owners that are struggling but if I have one piece of advice it is put it on the internet there mm-hmm. is nothing bigger right now than e-commerce like it's just massive um, a lot of my sales uh, definitely I would say doubled over COVID because people couldn't go to say like 
you can still shop online at your at your basics, you know, Zara, Garage, places like that. But um, a lot of places like say Winners, where you would go for more unique um, things, were closed, no online. So we sort of became that unique avenue for things that you couldn't go out and find. And also, all the thrift stores were closed, so people mm-hmm. were definitely coming to us. And. Uh... Just uh, just for the sake of the viewers that are listening that are interested in potentially exploring your business a little bit more, can you give us a few more details about someone that's seen your business for first for the very first time and wants to buy a piece? How would they go about that? Do they usually message you on Instagram? Do you have a website? And if they are, let's say, in another city, would they be able to purchase products from your business? Absolutely. Um, so we've shipped everywhere, almost all uh, continents, I will say. <laughs> um, we've done a lot of international shipping. And yeah, so when someone comes to the page, you can just have a, have a look through. Uh, it's obviously easy to easy to see. I hope you can see all the products plain in view. Um, and it'll give you the size, measurements, everything, a little description. And if you like something, you can shoot us a DM. And uh I'm on my phone 24 seven because of this. So I will answer in, you know, 10 to 20 minutes. I'm on it. So, um, we haven't got a website going just yet. That is definitely in the works. I would absolutely love to have a website, uh, and get it, get it more serious set in stone, but Instagram is genuine. I love it, especially because you get that personal one-on-one, uh, connection with the customers. Like, I get to hear direct feedback from people that buy things from me when they receive the packages and they send me pictures, I get to see them in it. Like there's just nothing more exciting than selling something to someone and having them absolutely love it. And I feel like I don't know whether I'd get that with a website. Mm-hmm. So like the customer interaction is is, is the best thing about in, Instagram. And um, you know, when you message me, we can chat. <laughs> yeah, so I'm guessing um, all the publicity that you get on social media Definitely, I feel like a lot of that support that helps grow your business comes from people like sharing their content or taking you in photos when they post a really amazing outfit on their feed. Um, so I feel like, uh, like I would argue that that's probably some of the best support. But what, but what would you say, like during a pandemic or just as a general small business owner, what? Like, uh, what usually helps support you the most? Like, what can people do to help you as a small business owner succeed? I think you definitely hit a nail on the head. Like, even going back in my mum's days, like, nothing's better than word of mouth. Like, word of mouth, you hear a direct, I got this from this place, and they were fantastic, a good price, whatever. If there's no better, I'm going to check it out. If I get a personal recommendation from one of my friends and I know they like something, I'm going to check it out. Um, and there's just no better way than sharing on social media, you know, like especially during these times, if people can't always um, afford things right now because of the situations. Just simply be sharing something that you like on Instagram or sharing an experience that you had with us, uh, tagging us in an outfit picture. There's just no better exposure than having like seeing your friends uh web items and knowing where you can get them to it is the best exposure for sure and i i'm glad that they uh grew up in the youtube era so i i uh, <laughs> I, I definitely learned all my social media marketing strategies from watching hours and hours of youtube i i know how to sell something on social media that's for sure <laughs> So you've talked a little bit about sustainable shopping and how it's a big part of like what your brand is and what Filthy Thrift is. 
Um, so what did, like, why exactly is sustainable shopping so important to you? And why is that, um, kind of like what embodies filthy thrift? So what, what definitely makes it, um, sustainable to me is I think it is the way forward and it's the, it's the littlest thing that you can do that's going to make the biggest impact. Um, just making smarter choices about what you wear, who you, what brands you support. Um, and especially for me, the most important thing is when I think sustainable, not even environmental, which is probably the biggest factor, but also, um, the exploitation of women and children in, in countries that are making these cheap fast fashion for you. Um, you know, you want to know who you support and, uh, the, the easiest way is to, to recycle clothes that are, have already been made, that have already been worn and had that time with someone else. You can have those clothes for another 10, 20 years, especially vintage items. They last forever. The quality is insane. Like, it's insane compared to, <laughs> say, something that you'd get on Shein. Oh, it's yeah. going to last you two or three wears and then you're going to bin it because it's even <laughs> unwearable for other people now or give it away oh yeah and then I definitely think that now may be one of the best times to be running a vintage clothing business like not even just really cool thrifted things from right now but like vintage in particular because you could see the way that old trends are starting to come back like Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of like like I'll, I'll put on an outfit and my mom would be like I used to wear that in high school. Things like like ple- yeah. like pleated skirts, certain hairstyles, or even like that big like a like the tennis skirt with the the vest. These are all old trends that are coming back into fashion. And so having these clothes that is not just like replicas, but the authentic style is just really big right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's gained a lot of popularity as well. So I think this is a really awesome time to be in this business. I also wanted to say, especially with COVID and everything going on right now and, uh, you know, the, the debt that we don't speak of that Canada is in, um, it, shopping locally from your thrift, from resellers, it keeps the money flow within Canada, which I think is also mm. quite important, especially for these times. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't even think of that, honestly. Yeah, like I, I don't think people understand that when we say shop small, it's it's more sustainable. It's more like economically friendly because when you Mm -hmm. support a corporation you are literally just contributing back to their business their brand but when you support a small business you are supporting a person directly like when you buy something from a small business it doesn't go into this big corporation which is distributed into all these different means of production it goes straight into a person and that's why shopping small is so important right now and that's definitely a big part of what our podcast mm-hmm. is about. So I think that is super, super exciting. And I'm really, really admirable of people like, like you, Ellie, that are really trying to encourage that. So if somebody was listening to this podcast right now and they were thinking about wanting to live a more sustainable, eco-friendly lifestyle, what kind of advice would you give to them in terms of um, reshaping their shopping habits? I would definitely say, number one, start by going through your own closet. Um, Is there anything that you haven't worn in forever that you can upcycle? Can you cut a pair of jeans into shorts? Can you acid wash that t-shirt and it might look cooler? Can you, you know, like things that you might have not worn 
for a while. Can you reinvent them so you might wear them so you don't have to throw them away or whatever else? If you if you can't upcycle those clothes, you can always donate them so that someone else can have their chance with them. Um, but thrifting is just the easiest way to me. It is genuinely the easiest way. Um, it's accessible to, well, I would say, almost everyone. There's even a little thrift shop in my tiny, tiny, tiny town that I live of 12,000 people. Um, yeah, it's the, it's the most successful, biggest way to reduce, uh, reuse, and recycle because uh, you're purchasing items that have already been processed, they've already been created, but the damage is already done in a way. Um, and then other that, other than that, just local businesses that have sourced their materials ethically or upcycled the designs. There's lots of um, resellers that you know do do what I do in a sense, but, mm-hmm. but better and <laughs> upcycle things, create new things from old things. Um, I really like that. And then also, uh, the next time you want to like find a trend, or you, oh, I really love that. At the minute, I would, I would die. And you start, you going online, you know, Zara.com, H and M. Think like, has this trend been like done before? <laughs> Did this happen in the nineties? It, it chances are, it definitely <laughs> has, and chances are, you can find it on Depop. I always tell my friends this, and they're like, I just got the greatest pair of like Lululemon leggings. I'm like, guys. Why if you just, it hurts me, genuinely hurts me. Like, why have you spent $150 on a pair of leggings that you can go and find at Value Village for, you know, fourteen ninety nine? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and you... I just want to, like, shake them. You've talked about upcycling, and I know from, like, obviously following your page, you've done, like, quite a few things where you've revamped clothing on your own. So I know you've done um, the jeans with the chain around the waist, which looked incredible. Um, you had like a Harley Davidson kind of like handkerchief kind of top, which I think is amazing. I mean, it's super unique and it's a piece that you've made on your own. So my question is like, do you have any pieces specifically that you want to make moving forward? Or is there anything, um, design wise that you've had on your mind that you're thinking of going after next? First of all, thank you. I tried very hard. (laughs) Not the greatest. I'm going to say I learned, but like. I don't think anyone realizes how hard it is to sew in a straight line. It's very hard. Um, <laughs> I can't even like my... sew a hole in a pair of jeans without so it ripping two seconds hard. later. Um, it's really, it's genuinely like gets me frustrated sometimes. But <laughs> I have made some some things that can pass in the world. Definitely, uh, my next the next thing I want to make. I've got say like even me. I have a lot of things left over. That, people maybe have a purchase and I have to go through and go, what can I do with these? What am I going to make these into to make it a different, something new? Mm-hmm. Um, so at the minute I went on a bit of a bender and I bought a lot of racing t-shirts. So I'm going to try and create some sweatshorts out of the t-shirts. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. I definitely want to do something with that. I, I do have a lot of, of t-shirts left over that need that need revamping so that's my next project yeah and I think like like on the topic of like sustainability and upcycling I don't think people understand that uh like this is quite literally the most sustainable way to reutilize clothing it's like um like for example I have friends that have all of these like old reusable water bottles and they're made of plastic but then they will go out and buy this fancy expensive bamboo upcycled like water bottle and I'm like well why don't you just use what you had it's the same way that people go out and buy these fancy stainless steel 
containers when really they could just be using mason jars, you know? So the most sustainable thing to do is not buy recycled clothes uh, per se, or like clothing made of recycled yes. materials, or even like you go into clo- into clothing stores like H&M and they're like made with sustainable fabrics. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. making new clothes in the fast fashion industry that's made of sustainable fashion is still fast fashion. Mm-hmm. Like utilizing these old vintage clothes is the most sustainable option using what we have rather than like even if we make new things in a better way we're still producing new things we're still contributing things to the earth and so this is a very easy way to be sustainable and as we've discussed it's a lot more affordable too definitely i think that's why number one is to just look into your own closet and see what you can do with what you've got revamp something trade with a friend I do that a lot like uh (laughs) I definitely trade with friends when I used to live with my roommates absolutely I have uh I'll be the first one to admit that the pandemic got the best of me and I gained a lot of weight but let me tell you my friend has like half of my closet now like she's a lot smaller than me and she got all of my old clothes but she looks really good in it and that's just I guess the most important part is cycle I think that's like the best, yeah, like recycling clothes. But the best part of the fashion industry is you really get to embody yourself in your clothes. And that's why I find like, especially vintage clothes are so cool because they're so unique. And so you could really express your personality in that. So on the, yeah, on the topic of upcycling, um, short season is upon us. And if you are looking for, (laughs) yeah, I know, oh no, (laughs) but if you guys are looking for nice shorts, I'm telling you, Filthy has the nicest Levi shorts. Um, and you revamp those too. You buy them as jeans. You cut them into shorts. Uh, so that kind of, if, you, if anyone's looking for nice shorts, this is the place to get them. Um, Me. And they will last you forever. So that kind of leads me to my next question. What would you say are the most popular brands or items that you sell? what's hot right now things that are hot right now is uh nike is has it's been on the come up and it refuses to die i honestly can't see a world in which nike goes down in flames like adidas did rest in peace oh my god Um, don't say that my shoes are adidas (laughs) adidas is popping what (laughs) okay you're right you're right you're right adidas still has some absolute classic items (laughs) <laughs> but Nike unfortunately has topped it a little bit in the last year. I don't, you know. <laughs> Nike has always uh, really stood out. Like they, they were popular. Like I remember, there was a time where everyone wanted a vintage Nike windbreaker. Checks over stripes. That was it. Like if you did not have yeah. a vintage Nike windbreaker, you were nothing. <laughs> like, like that was like an, a piece of identity right there. <laughs> and um, yeah, and a lot of. Um, rappers who also brought it back like Travis Scott was seen wearing the uh, Nike hoodie with the swoosh in the middle and those have popped off absolutely anything that that obviously celebrities are wearing so rap tees are really big right now but they are mm-hmm. hard, hard to get your hands on um, but yeah not more that I sell obviously jeans and shorts are my favorite things to find I think because women have probably number one worst time with jeans like just horrific i've hated jeans my whole life don't even get me started on that one i I never wore them like until maybe second third year uni i just did not wear them i hated them refused them um but the vintage jeans they have the super high-waisted flattering cuts that are right at your waist like above your belly button waist so it's nice to see someone be like 
I've honestly never found a pair of jeans that fit me better because that's like everyone needs everyone needs that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. jeans and shorts, best things I sell. And then obviously things that like have a lot of nostalgia to people. So a lot of Disney cells, Mickey, Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> anything like that. Pop culture from the nineties, like definitely that goes. Oh, and racing tees at the minute are very big for the summer. I did want to ask you one question, just out of my curiosity. I follow a couple of other local online thrift stores, and their clothes go in like minutes, seconds. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, people, they'll, they'll post a dress, and it will be posted as sold about fifteen, Five later. like fifteen seconds later. <laughs> um, and so you said that there that there's been quite a few times where you've had like clothes left over that weren't bought. So just just from my own curiosity. Um, how long do you think it usually takes for you to sell a piece? And, uh, yeah, like just, uh, like, do people usually buy things from you right away? Does it usually take a while? And a follow-up question, do you just sell, like, first come, first serve for a set price? Or if people try to bargain with you and offer, I don't want to say bargain, but if people try to, like, um, like, wager, bid, what's that? Like, if they offer you more money in exchange for getting it over somebody else. Would would you offer it to them? I know this is a a long debated ethical question. Me and my partner have debated for a really long time because um, we do do first come first serve, first person to purchase. It's yours. Um, but I've definitely had things in the past where I just know that there is going to be over you know fifteen people who want who want this one item, and I've definitely come to what in god's name do i do um so in that case i'll put it up for a bid and people will bid on it um if you really really want it you can i feel like that's a little bit better because you can have a chance to get it then i know that if i saw like a one in a lifetime t-shirt that i wanted i would bid on it now like no matter what <laughs> like so i i do think that that works out so that everyone has a chance you know because there's been times where you're just a minute, two minutes late. Like I've had 20 seconds too late, and and I'm like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, so it's definitely hard, but yeah, it is first, first come first serve, and they do. I definitely do sell fast. Like I, I, I can tell now what pieces are gonna go in, mm-hmm. in you know, a matter of what you know. 10 to 30 minutes from when I put it up. I've started uh, turning yeah. on like my post notifications. And so whenever this yeah. one thrift store like posts something, I run. Mm-hmm. And I, even if I didn't check the size, if it looks mildly cute, I'll say I want it. And then I'll like yeah. investigate a little bit further. And then I'll just be like, okay, never mind. I don't think I want it. Cause at least I could like put my name out How there and then take it back for someone else to get it next because it goes yeah. so fast. So in terms, of, in terms of things selling really quickly, what would you say have been the most like in-demand pieces that you've ever sold? Like I know from looking at your page, there was a hoodie, a Nike hoodie, um, that was kind of like the Travis Scott hoodie. Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean the same one, right? Like that was popping. So what would you say are the most, have been the most in-demand, like you've got, you're flooding your DMs, everyone wants it. Um, I do have a lot of uh, vintage resellers that follow me and collectors and um, there are certain pieces that are just known in the vintage community, certain, say, like artworks or certain brand name tags that are just sought after. Um, I recently sold a t-shirt that had pretty much every famous person on it on an all-over print back and front 
Um, oh. It was Jesus tea, and it, it was just like a it's just like a really well known t shirt. Every vintage collector has one, but they're super hard to come across. Um, so I had a lot of people interested in that. Things that are definitely more rare, so band t-shirts, wrap t-shirts that are really hard to come across from the 90s. Um, and it also depends as well what size it is. So like an extra large could fit literally majority of people. So that, that size, you know, is definitely worth uh, more for, some, for a lot of people than if I forget to get a small or a medium because then you're only catering to a smaller portion of people mm-hmm. but yeah definitely at Baptiste I've had a Chicago Bulls t-shirt that, that went a little crazy I, I, I thought for a very long time you know what, I'll just put this up in my room and keep it but I know someone would love it so I did sell it I had a public enemy t-shirt that went absolutely crazy and then of course the Travis Scott hoodie which <laughs> it's simply the color like he wore it once I think probably grabbing coffee with Kylie Jenner and all of a sudden this hoodie is just blown blown up fashion is weird isn't it <laughs> I know alright so this brings us to our final question of the day this one's yeah. big so get ready <laughs> why is that this so is, dramatic this is serious <laughs> If you had one piece of advice for someone starting out building their own small business, what would it be? My piece of advice is going to be rinse your friends. Rinse? <laughs> this sounds dramatic. <laughs> this sounds dramatic, but um, I honestly wouldn't probably be where I am now in this short amount of time without a boost from my friends and mutuals like I said, promoting my page on their page. I bought mm-hmm. from these guys, you know. Um, so, yeah, just reaching out to mutuals, friends, getting your name out there, networking in a sense. And you honestly, you do have to absolutely love what you're doing because I think it is really slow and steady in the beginning until it starts to pick up. So, you have to really absolutely you know love what you're doing which i'm sure if you decided to start a small business all by yourself you definitely do love it um and yeah just just stand stand your ground and know your worth know your knowledge trust your knowledge and trust the process is probably what i would what i would say i think that's a really great piece of that's advice a great piece of advice and really quick too if somebody's thinking about starting up a business with their friend um, obviously you and Danielle have been doing this for years and, and you've done it flawlessly as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, I know obviously there's friends that get into business all the time and it just ends up not going well. So what advice would you give for, let's say two friends wanted to do a business just to make things go as smooth as you and Dan have gone? You know, it is hard because our personalities do just match up. I'm more of the stressful, irate one, and she's the peaceful, <laughs> oh, who cares one. So it just Every business works. has that. <laughs> yeah. So I would say probably try and stray from starting a business with someone who's exactly the same as you, uh, especially when it's going to be a partnership. Like, I think that's probably just works so well because it's 50-50. Like, uh, you know, it's our personalities just mesh. Um, and... The, you gotta remember, especially for me, like the, the friendship is is you know worth. I don't want to say more than the business, but the friendship to me, that maintaining that relationship is just extremely important to me. Um, so sometimes you gotta let things go, you gotta sacrifice some things. Um, but yeah, choosing someone who's 
I wouldn't say opposite to you, but opposite in some qualities definitely helps. Yeah, I definitely found, like, like for anyone who doesn't know me, our sponsor is Neighborhood Innovations, and I found my partner and I are quite different in a way that we challenge each other to see different perspectives, and that's why we work so well. But I've also come to find, you know the saying that, uh, like, business partners make great friends, but friends don't make great business partners. So I feel like I... <laughs> And that because uh, and that way, like the whole point is to challenge each other, you know, because a business is really, really hard. But um, I I'm so glad that you and Danielle are doing so well together. It's so super exciting. <laughs> but um, yeah, we were we're the yin and yang, I, I suppose. That's what it takes. Perfect. And then, like you've seen that in all of your success so far, which is really incredible. Yeah. But I think that was like our last question. So I think it's about time we start wrapping it up. What do you think, Rachel? Yeah, Ellie, thank you so much for being here today. Um, we've like for our first episode, this has gone really well. I'm, I'm so glad that we had you. <laughs> um, I knew you would be a great first person to talk to because you're so laid back and you have answered all of these questions incredibly well. Flawlessly. Very, um, very descriptive. And I think anyone starting a small business can take a lot of what you've said today and, and turn that into advice and anyone looking for great brands you know nike ellie doesn't like adidas but all that other stuff um <laughs> as long as it's not adidas go to filthy thrift um and how can people find you anyone listening today where can they go to find you it is instagram.com and it is a filthy dot thrift and don't worry, anybody who is listening to this podcast, you can also head on over to our Instagram at NBHD Podcast, and we will be able to get all the Yeah, we're going to find all the information there. Every time we share a new podcast, we're going to be making sure that we post a little bit about our guests, and that's where you're going to be able to find any websites, any social media handles that you could ever possibly need to make sure that you connect with your new favorite businesses because that's what this is all about. But I think that this has been a really great episode so far. I hope that you have all learned so, so much about what it means to be a small business owner, about sustainable fashion. And I definitely hope that you took a lot away from this and consider supporting Filthy Thrift in the future. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. And I cannot wait to listen. To thank you, Ellie. Yay. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in this week for our very first episode. We're super excited to introduce our next guest, so please stay tuned on our Instagram page and watch out for that. Remember, if you want to be part of the show, please fill out the application that can be found on our Instagram page at NBHD Podcast. Until next time, remember to support local.